Welcome to The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. Together, we will journey through self-discovery and fulfillment in life. Here's your host, Jan Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Good Good Life. I'm your host, Jan Jones. And if you are listening live, then you know we are in a brand new year. Happy New Year. It is officially 2024. And boy, oh boy, are we kicking it off right today. I have an amazing guest, and I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. But for all my regular listeners, you know we got a screen this loud today since we're in a new year. I am awake, alert, alive, enthusiastic. And I really am. I was ready for a new year. I don't know about you, but it's always an exciting time just to think about all the potential and possibilities that are ahead for this year. So... I want to tell you how grateful I am that you're choosing to spend this time with me. I really love and appreciate every single one of you. And if you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. The world needs what you have to offer. So don't forget that. Now, just take a deep breath. Oh, yeah. Forget the chaos that the new year has already brought, right? Although it's amazing, it usually kicks off a little chaotic. but I want you to think about this. So in scripture in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. And our guest today definitely demonstrates power, love, courage. We're going to talk about friendship, community, Fear, how to diminish it. We're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about our language. And we are going to talk about how to find happiness in the bottom of a chemo bag. This is the title of the book that Dr. Cindy Howard has written. And yes, you heard me correctly. How to Find Happiness in the Bottom of a Chemo Bag. The name of her book is called Positively Altered, Finding Happiness in the Bottom of a Chemo Bag. So we are going to talk about her experiences when she got diagnosed with cancer. And I'm going to let her tell that story. But how we really can find happiness in the rarest of places and how we can push through and how important our perspective is. And we're going to learn all of that today. And we're going to have some great discussion with Dr. Cindy Howard, because we know life is definitely a roller coaster of ups and downs. But you all know, I want everyone to embrace that this really is a good, good life, even amongst all the trials and tribulations that we all go through. So let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Howard, because I can't wait for you to hear from her. I need to quit talking, but I want you to know who is here. So I'm going to read a little bit about who our fabulous guest is. 
from a modern dancer to a title-winning power lifter. Dr. Cindy M. Howard's life has been an exciting journey filled with endless adventures and a vibrant spirit. And I can definitely attest to that vibrancy that she has. As a board-certified chiropractor, chiropractic internist, nutritionist, and national speaker. She dedicates herself to empowering others to live their best lives, both emotionally and physically. Driven by her passion for athletics, Cindy pursued a career in chiropractic school following her graduation. Today, she channels her enthusiasm into running her thriving practice where she attends to a diverse array of patients with conditions ranging from fatigue to autoimmune diseases, catering to individuals from pediatrics to professional athletes. (gasps) Wow. In other words, she sees anyone and everyone that needs her help. Ever the determined and resilient individual, Cindy encountered a life-changing moment when she personally diagnosed herself with Hodgkin's lymphoma by reading her own test results. This experience solidified her unwavering belief that we possess the power to choose our approach to life and determine how we respond to the challenges presented by the universe. Embracing this philosophy, she authored her inspiring book, Positively Altered, a celebration of this empowering belief system. Welcome to the show, Dr. Howard. Thank you, Jan, and Happy New Year to you. It is a great start. It is. It is a great start. And I'm so excited that we're kicking it off with you. So, um, Dr. Cindy, I want our listeners to hear your story and just give them a little background about how this diagnosis came about, what it was like to actually find it yourself. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you just tell that testimony. Right. It was actually kind of weird how it started. So one day, you know, you wake up with something you didn't have the day before. And in my case, it was this golf ball sized lesion, you know, in the side of my neck. And being what I do for a living, I knew it was a swollen lymph node. And I thought, well, this is really weird. I don't feel sick. So I waited a couple days because I figured it was coming, right? My body was responding. It was fighting something. I was going to wind up with the fever and calling into work and nothing Mm. showed up. And I felt okay. And it was really weird. Well, when you have an elevated lymph node and there is no illness that goes along with that, you get a little concerned. Hmm. So being that I have access to drawing labs, because we do that in the practice all the time, I drew my own labs and I sent it off and um, it would have scared you even if you didn't know how to read labs. So, you know, you get these ranges back and you get a report and it says high, it says low, and it shouldn't say any of those, right? Everything should be in range. And when you see a bunch of that, even if you're not a doctor, you tend to go a little into anxiety panic mode, which I think is pretty pretty normal to do. And I thought this is really weird and I knew something was was definitely off. Well, in blood work, there's there's a handful of markers 
that as physicians, we get concerned about. And, you know, one of the things we're taught is you always think the worst case scenario in the back of your head when you take care of patients. You don't always tell them that until you have to. But you always think worst first, rule that out, and then narrow down from there, right? So, of course, I went worst case scenario and, you know, the big C word that everybody's afraid to say, and we we need to get over that as well. And I thought, this is very strange. Um, let me go get a chest X-ray. And the x-ray showed the lymph nodes, and I sent myself for a chest CT, and it confirmed two lymph nodes in my neck and two in my chest near my lungs. And I thought, okay, I'm in, I'm in a little bit of trouble here. So I referred myself to the University of Chicago to a fabulous surgeon who did the biopsy for me. Um, you know, and I joke that he took this massive chunk out of my neck, but he was so brilliant that yeah, he hit, he hid the scar in one of my fat folds, which is just a beautiful thing, right? So that you don't notice. So, so it's great unless I tell you it's there. And it confirmed Hodgkin's lymphoma stage 2B. And at that point, I then went for a full body PET scan, which if if anybody out there hasn't had one, it's great. They come in, they give you um, radioactive dye, and then they run out of the room as fast as possible because you're radioactive. And they go, don't hold any babies for the next 24 hours. And you're like, what? Like, how could this be good for you? And it isn't, but it's it, it's a way, unfortunately, in medicine, right, to determine how bad things are. And I lit up like, as I joke, a Christmas tree with lesions all over diaphragm up. So we knew what we were dealing with. And it's it's it was sort of surreal to do that yourself because you're reading your own test results. I wasn't sitting across the desk, you know, waiting for good news or bad news. I knew what the news was going to be, just needed the name for it. And it's, you know, sometimes there's some truth to there's beauty in not knowing. And then there's also um, fear in knowing too much because, yeah. you know, we... we, we we go through, I'm sure some people out there can relate. You know, if you've ever been through any sort of medical programs, you have everything going through school, right? Like you're like, okay, I'm dying of this and that and, and four other things. And you start self-diagnosing, but when you really have to do it for real, it, it it's very different. So it was a interesting experience to walk through that to go, okay, Cindy, you have to sit down and have this conversation with yourself that you now have cancer. And what are you going to do about it when A, you're not an oncologist and B, now you're like self-treating, which is very weird. So it was, um, I, I don't have anything else to compare it to, right? Because I never had the doctor across the table, but it, it was it was sort of cool and sort of almost like I was living in this sort of dream state too of like, is this real? Because I actually found out while I was in my office in between patients, I read my own report. So like I have to walk in that room and be on for other people because that is my responsibility to take care of you. It's not about me in those rooms. And all of a sudden it was about me for a fraction of a moment. And I also had to learn how to turn that off and, you know, compartmentalize what I needed to do. So it, it was it was a great experience, honestly, to to also understand what that feels like you know, where some of my patients are walking through similar situations where they're faced with something pretty, pretty scary sometimes. Mm. I, I like it's so many things are popping into my head. First of all, the phrase that kept coming to mind was ignorance is bliss, right? <laughs> because sometimes. as a non-clinician myself, and and my regular listeners know I have a, quite a health journey as well, but we don't know enough to to maybe be you know, so scared, we're nervous, we're anxious, we're fearful, but, you know, we're ignorant. So we don't know all of the worst case scenarios like you did. 
And, you know, you're trained to go there so you can rule those out. And I just, I, I can't even imagine, you know, finding that, diagnosing that and not having someone deliver that news, but actually telling yourself, oh my goodness, I have cancer and now we've got to decide the severity of it. But to to light up like a Christmas tree from the diaphragm <laughs> up, that. I mean, that had to have been a little terrifying, especially knowing what you know, being a medical professional. Um, you know, one of the things that, and and by the way, listeners, her book is so raw and real, and we will not get to dive into every aspect of this book, but it really is her journal of the journey. And um, she's very vulnerable and honest, and it's just really beautiful. There's parts of it that are hilarious. Um, Cindy's got an amazing outlook on this, and that's what we really want to talk about. But you decided that the official day of diagnosis was your new favorite day. I did. And it had to be. It had to be. Yeah. So tell, <laughs> tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's... it. it I felt deep at my core that if I was going to walk through this well, which I did, and take that attitude that I had to give a positive connotation to what I was walking through. So where people, you know, might say, well, that was my worst day ever. And it was such horrible news. If I fed into that mantra, then I believe that the journey following it would have been much harder and much more devastating, regardless of the outcome. And instead I said, okay, right? Like, I don't know, truthfully, I don't know why that was thrown at me. You know, why, why the challenge, right? Why, why it's the whole, why me, poor me, right? Why me, poor me. But at the same time, if I can look at this as I'm going to rock this and I'm going to make this my favorite day, because this is the day that my life changes in a positive way where I learn and I grow and I experience, then I am going to walk through this better than the alternative. And and it really is a choice how we want to walk through some of the adversity because it's coming, right? Whether it's cancer or anything else, it's coming. Yep. <laughs> That's so true. Every single one of us is either um, in the middle of some crisis or we're just coming out of it or unbeknownst to us, we're about to go into it, right? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And And how do we do that? And it's that I feel for me, and and I hope this is true for all, all of the listeners today, that it's a lot of that adversity, those challenges, that opportunity is where I actually do the most growing. I learn more about myself. I learn more about other people. I learn how strong I am capable of being. I also learn how weak I'm capable of being and where I need to alter my focus in order to overcome even some of the weakness and the fear. So it's an amazing opportunity to learn if, if we're willing to open, you know, open our arms and say, all right, you know, we can do this. I agree wholeheartedly. You wrote something in your book, and I, I just want to share it with the listeners because when you um, titled one of the chapters, you know, my new favorite day, you wrote, really, though, today is my new favorite day because it is the day on which I declare I am powerful, I am brave, I am strong, I am funny, I am sexy, I am well, and if I'm honest, I am scared. 
So, you know, it, it's, it, it is empowering when you can have this different perspective and you can alter your mindset. We can retrain our brains. I, I, I talk about that a lot, but something, a, a technique that, that you used that I thought was brilliant because we need visualization. And I would love for you to share with our listeners how you envisioned these lesions, what you called them, and how that really helped in, you know, seeing a a better outcome. Maybe it was just an outcome hour by hour, you know, because we don't know what the future holds. But talk to our listeners about this technique of your visualization through this process. Sure. And sometimes it's minute by minute that we walk yeah. through, right? I, I don't know if we <laughs> get the hour. So, so some minutes are very fragile. It was interesting. So we we talk about tumors, right? This is how we describe them. It's a cancerous tumor that's in the body. And I took the tea and I decided I didn't like the word tumor. It just doesn't, it's not pretty. Like it doesn't have a good blingy ring to it. And I like to think of myself as pretty blingy. So I, I relabeled them, if you will, as my time capsules. And it really came to me, I was doing some pretty heavy workouts with a, a, a trainer, um, Bob, who was helping me through. And I remember laying on the ground doing some abdominal work thinking, I am just going to sh- like, like I'm going to push so hard through the exercise that it's like moving these time capsules into a place to put them away, right? Like I want them out of my body. I want them somewhere else because I, I have to acknowledge them. I mean, it's at the moment it was part of me. And I almost even hate saying that because I didn't want to own them, right? But they were inside my body and I wanted them out so so desperately. So they were my time capsules and I had to get them out and bury them. And it's exactly what I did. And it took me six months to do it, but you know, better than a lifetime. And I liked mm-hmm. time capsules a whole lot better than I like tumor. <laughs> I love how you how you described how you were going to fight these time capsules. And, and that's exactly what came to my mind as I was reading it. It's like, what do you do with a time capsule? You bury it. And you can, you know, dig it up later. You can relive the experience. And you can reminisce about how you were resilient and persevered through it. But you bury it, right? Mm-hmm. And you said, these little things trying to do me in, but I'm going to make them work for it. In <laughs> fact, I'm going to exhaust them until they have no more fight in them or I have no more fight in me. So I I love that visualization. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to just sit around and let them beat me up, right? Right. There's always a winner, whatever that means, right? There was a winner and there was no way I was going to lose this competition. You know, I'm I'm, I'm competitive by nature anyway. So you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to tell you, oh, just you know, yes, I can. And it was really that mantra of yes, I can. And, and, and really, when you think about it, I mean, like I'm this powerful, educated, smart cookie, right? This, this like awesome little firecracker. And I'm going to get like a little cancerous tumor, although there was more than one, but you know, I'm going to let that take over. Mm-mm, no way. Right. Challenge me. And it was, but yeah, yeah I, yeah. So, so it became a, you know, th- there's my sport background and, you know, you get on the field, the goal is to win something. Right. Yeah. I know. And you know, I I often think because there are things that I did growing up. I have I have a a competitive spirit very different from you as not a weightlifter or a bodybuilder, but other competitions that I would put myself in. And I look back now and it was it was 
I believe this is just me personally. I believe it was training for the fight of my life when I went into total renal failure. Um, and, and I believe that we really are equipped to deal with the punches that life gives us, but we have to know how to tap into it. We have to use these techniques that you're sharing. And, you know, we have to visualize, like you said, even minute by minute. Like, let's just get through this minute. And you know what? Then the next one. And before you know it, you have you have lived another day. Um, and, and I love the visualization technique of here's what they are. I'm not going to claim them, but I'm going to acknowledge them. And boy, oh, boy, am I going to make them fight, you know? <laughs> There's an interesting... Oh, I'm sorry, Jan. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. There, there was an interesting mantra that was actually really taught to me by a very good friend of mine, Wendy, who who challenged me to also look at it differently and change the language. And I love this. And again, it's not just even in health, but but it was about ownership. So when I said the words, I have cancer, she said, no, you don't. And I said, yes, I do. And she said, no, you don't. And because I didn't want to be sick, right? I said, I, I don't perceive myself as sick. I don't want to appear sick, especially to patients. Like you walk in my door to get well. And then, you know, you find out your doctor's walking through Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the walking through was exactly what she taught me. She said, experience it, walk through it, don't own it. So even today, I didn't have Hodgkin's lymphoma. I walked through it and I experienced it. So it was real. I was never in denial about it, but I didn't want to make it part of who I am as a human being, right? It was an experience just as getting married, getting divorced, going on a vacation, starting a new business. It, it, it yeah. became that type of activity that it was an experience I was going to walk through, one I never really want to do again. It was yeah. not a great vacation <laughs> that you go back to, but but still with a lot of value. So it was the walk yeah. That, yeah. Changed my, that really changed my outlook. And, and her words were just brilliant. And now I pass those on to other people because it's a great perspective. Yeah. Um, and, and again, we bury, we get rid of, we walk through. Just don't own right. it. Don't own it. You know, and and that is such an incredible message that I just, I do not think we can hear it enough that our language matters. This, I call it like proactive language. Um, and and very similarly, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I just, your book really resonated with me um, walking through the health journey I've been through when I was a kid and got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. You never heard me say, I'm a diabetic. What you heard me say is, I have diabetes. So to me, it was very different. It wasn't who I was. It was just something I had to deal with. And so for you to, you know, hear that great advice, to take it to heart and to share it with others, like it's not who you are. It's what you're walking through in this season. Yes. And, you know, you're going to do everything you can to get through this experience and you're going to learn and grow, but it's not who you are. No, but it, it, it can challenge you to look at yourself to decide, yeah. too, are there things you want to change, work on, learn from, right? And and I will tell you that I am, at my core, I'm who I am, right? But 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 I'm also a changed person person as a result of that experience where now I look at things a little bit differently. I'm appreciative of other things I, that went unnoticed prior mm -hmm. to the experience. Um, I'm truly more grateful for the people in my life 
also understanding that people walk in and out. Some people are designed to be there for 20 seconds and some for 20 years and, and both are okay. And it's it was some of those things that I learned that helped me become the better version of who I was walking in. Yeah, I think that's beautiful because that's something we can really all take to heart is that these experiences, they do develop us if we allow that. You know, that makes me think of a question for you as a doctor. Do you believe that you are a better doctor now? You're a better practitioner because of having walked through this. Yes, there's no doubt that we can spend hours and years studying our craft whether it's, you know, in clinical practice, reading a medical journal, going to a program, but there's an empathy that I believed I always have that I would now tell you I'm much better at because even though, even if a person walked into my office with a diagnosis of Hodgkin's lymphoma, the same diagnosis, their journey still will not be the same. Mm -hmm. So even though I can't relate exactly, I have a little bit more empathy of you know, understanding what that word could mean and how how painful it can feel and knowing that when you're faced with something that's very scary, because cancer, let's face it, cancer is a very scary word, right? Um, Organ failure is a very scary couple words. I mean, there's some things that get thrown at us that terrify us. Now I understand a little bit more what that feels like to just be a little bit more empathetic. And I always felt my delivery was still good with patients. It's probably even better because I get it. I've sat on that side of the desk. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is, um, it's just one of those really learning, growing experiences. Like you said, just becoming more adaptable, more empathetic and allowing yourself to grow during some of the toughest times in our life. You know, I I want to take a very short break, but I do not want anyone to go anywhere. We have so much more to cover with Dr. Cindy Howard, um, but we're going to talk about her community and really a little bit of how she learned to diminish some of the fear. We can't ever get rid of it completely. So much great information. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back with Dr. Cindy Howard. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you ready to ignite your passion and purpose for life? Make sure you join Jan Jones each week for the Good Good Life podcast. Each week, Jan will share her expertise and insights into personal development as well as spiritual growth discoveries. From the challenges in the valleys to the victories on the mountaintops, Jan has persevered through all of them with unwavering faith and joy. Life is full of possibilities, and Jan wants to walk with you as you discover those possibilities and unleash your full potential. Rekindle the spark inside of you and rejoice in the good, good life with Jan Jones, where we will all love living and live loving. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. 
Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to The Good, Good Life with Jan Jones. If you have a question or want to share your story with Jan or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jan. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with Dr. Cindy Howard. She is a speaker, author, practitioner, and just a very real person talking about Positively Altered, her book, Finding Happiness in the Bottom of a Chemo Bag. So welcome back. You know, before the break, we were talking, you touched on this, and I really, I want to talk a little bit more about it because in a lot of my shows, I talk about how important our community is, you know, building our tribe, our social network, I mean, whatever we want to call it, but it's the people that really rally with us and we rally with them. And you you write a chapter about, you know, certain people and you said it before the break, some people are meant to be in your life very briefly and some are meant to be there a lifetime. So tell us a little bit about the difference in some of your friends and, you know, what you experienced when you actually did need that help. And and I want us to talk about um, allowing yourself to receive help. So wh- wherever you want to start, Cindy. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's a big topic. And it's fascinating because what I learned was there were people who I expected to show up who Mm -hmm. didn't. And that's, and that's okay. And there were people that I didn't ever think would that did. And there were a lot of new people. And again, some of it lasted moments and some of it lasted through the entire experience and some are still here and some are gone. And it's interesting because one of the things that I learned through that is that sometimes it's not even about you as to why the people are there. Sometimes it's actually serving a need they have or a lesson they need to learn that I was actually there for them. So when I had friends, friends who, as it turns out, probably weren't good friends, not show up or... um. I was going to say make me feel bad, but nobody can make me feel bad. I can choose to feel bad. I chose to feel bad about the response, right? I had to learn that there was a reason for that and it was okay and be okay with letting them go from my life 
for um for the betterment of my health, my my emotional health. And and probably theirs too, because if they had to work so hard to be there for me, it, it probably wasn't serving them either. Yeah. And another thing that I learned, and I think this is really interesting that I'd love to kind of touch on is when somebody walks through any sort of adversity, sometimes we actually don't know how to behave. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We don't know what they need. And it goes twofold. One, sometimes we have to ask or be okay with the fact that we're not going to participate for whatever reason. But as the receiver, I think it's also really important to separate the selfishness of they're making me a meal. They're driving me to my appointment. I need that. Sometimes there's a big gift in them giving. And, you know, we always say, right, there's more reward in the give than the get. And, And I think when we walk through these journeys, we forget that allowing people to do those things for us that might feel uncomfortable also provides them with a unique gift. So in a way, I got to also be an excellent friend back to some new people and to some existing people by accepting the help that was quite frankly, I mean, I am Wonder Woman. I mean, I bounce out of bed and I raise three children and I go to work and I make a living and I speak and I motivate, right? Like like I am this awesome human being. And right now in this moment, I'm I'm not feeling awesome, right? Like I don't feel good and I'm tired and I need a ride and I don't know how to say, can you do this for me? So yeah. when people stepped in and and offered, or even sometimes when I found myself having to ask because they assumed I was Wonder Woman, and by the way, I'm not, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a mantra in my head, but there are moments yeah. where, you know, I can't always spin around and put on the, you know, the sexy outfit that she wore. Um <laughs> your lasso of truth, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I'm not sure that outfit would be fun in public these days. I'd probably get made fun of a little bit, but it was important both directions to allow the giving and to ask for the getting. And I would encourage people that are feeling in a place where they need some support. It is okay to say, mm-hmm. I need, right? In this moment, I need. But at the same time, if you don't tell the loved ones in your life what you need, you also can't expect them to fill that need because they don't know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. So so you have to ask so that you're not let down. And for those that show up, awesome. And for those that don't, recognize that maybe there's a really good reason they didn't show up and it's okay. Yeah. Or maybe it is a crappy reason and you want to filter some people out. And I think both of those aspects through a journey like this are very beneficial. That is just so insightful and helpful to hear what you're saying, because I think it's such a great perspective. And and I, I had not really thought of this, that sometimes you are being the greatest friend by being the one in need, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if we can look at it that way, that we are feeling something in their soul and spirit and, you know, their talents, their gifts by allowing them to bless us, to take us to appointments, to bring us a meal, you know, whatever that is, you're actually being a good friend by being that person, but then reciprocating that, you know, when they are in need. And I think it's really, it's very powerful because look, I I will get hurt when I have an expectation of a friend and they don't fulfill that expectation. And something that I say a lot is the root of all heartache is expectation. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, even though I know this logically, I still set these expectations. And to be able, like you said, Cindy, to to just 
admit and to just see that, you know what, this person isn't exactly who I thought they were, or there's some reason why they can't fulfill what I need right now. And it is okay. Like it's Mm -hmm. okay. It is. Um, And that's hard, I think, for people to let go of sometimes. Right. And and when you think about yourself, you know, if I dig deep and I go, okay, how many times have I maybe not shown up for somebody the way I should have? And I hate that word because what does should have mean, right? But, yeah. but, you know, based on whatever the standards are, and yet we're still really good friends because they understood that maybe I was too uncomfortable to participate in a way um, that put my health at risk, right? Yeah. And if we yeah. have that good understanding... And at the same time, it really just comes down to communication. So the people that, let's say, told me they'd step up and then failed me, mm, not a great friend. The people that maybe didn't step up but explained why, right, yeah. now I had an understanding and a comfort level to respect their decision. And we still maintain that friendship because I'm whether I agree or not is irrelevant. I was respectful of their choice. And I yeah. think we're very quick to judge people without that respect. And sometimes that actually can break up good friendships as well that maybe don't need to be broken. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head that the key is communication, you know, because there are times we want to do something and there's a lot of really legitimate good reasons why we cannot. And if we just communicate these things, you know, and it is about the relationship, the trust, and, you know, can we just be honest with one another? Sometimes that can be really difficult. And, you know, here you are not feeling like your normal Wonder Woman self. And so to be vulnerable and ask, but then to kind of be turned down, that's difficult. That is really difficult, but we can navigate that with just communication. And like you said, respect. I think that is a, that is a just a key takeaway in these experiences in life where we need our community. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah. It's important. I, and sometimes I, it's big and sometimes it's small. And I think it's ever evolving and changing. And, and to welcome those changes, I believe, is really important too. Because when we hold on to people that are toxic or that don't, you know, fill our soul at that moment in time, then it becomes detrimental. And again, it's okay. Some of my favorite interactions are with people I never even knew their names. And they yeah. had such a profound effect on my my attitude or my outlook or my perspective that I'm grateful for them. And I talk about some of those stories in my book. And again, I have no names for them. I'll never meet them again. I don't know what they're doing. I honestly I don't really even know who they are, but it was a word they said or a look they gave me or a door that was opened for me. That, that was life-changing. And, and I welcome all of that. So the, the entry and exit of people is really important and recognizing that the ebb and flow is very healthy. It is. It is. I think sometimes we try to hang on to things and people too tightly sometimes. Uh, because, you know, for whatever reason, lots of reasons we do that. Um, and I love I love the impact. You know, what is the quote that we won't remember what people, um, what they said or what they did all the time, but we will always remember how they made us feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to remember. Like you said, the ebb and flow of life is very normal and maybe to embrace that a little more. You know, speaking of these communities of people and friends and loved ones, 
you talked a little bit about the fear because it's very real. We don't want to park at our pain, right? But we have to acknowledge these things. And and something that you wrote, um, it really, it just really penetrated my heart. You wrote that the fears I've learned diminish when I speak them out loud to someone who does not judge them. That gives me extra energy so I can steal the energy I used to give my fears and pour it into my dreams and goals because dreams and goals need energy. I really love that quote in your book. Um, and, and it goes back to what we're saying, just the people that you trust and you love, even in that moment. And you can be real. How important is that in any in any tough walk that people are going through? For me, it was it was essential. It was that recognition of honoring the emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's happy, sad, depressed, you know, fearful, scared, it picks something, right? We we all are gonna walk through certain emotions. And I wanted to be appreciative of those in the journey because even in the title, you know, I got a lot of pushback for this. It, originally, I was going to call the book "Pregnancy is Worse Than Cancer," which is which is the chapter of the book, and I got a lot of pushback of like, "How dare you? Like, how dare you say that pregnancy is worse than cancer?" Well, in my world, and if you read it, you'll you'll learn. But for me, it actually was a worse experience. But it, it's that it's that perspective, right? So if I honor the fear, but put it in perspective where I don't elevate it. Yeah. Right. And I don't give it the power that a lot of us do. So so there were moments of me going, wow, this, this, this sucks, forgive the word, right? I mean, this this yeah. this, this just sucks. And why me? And what did I do to deserve this? Right. And and, and go, okay, all right, 20 minutes. I would lay on the shower floor and cry and go, you know, what did I what right? What did I do to deserve this? And I'm sure there were you know, a hundred things that ran through my mind. And yet at the end of the day, nobody deserves anything, right? I mean, we, we, there, there are things, again, we're going to walk through. So yeah. it was that perspective of acknowledging the fear and 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 the negative so that it isn't the she's phony, right? Like, how can cancer be great? That's like, she's ridiculous. Cancer isn't great. Well, my journey through cancer actually was great. There were moments that were horrific. Yeah. And I honored those. And when you share those with people, and, and again, you're very transparent, mm-hmm. now you lose that. She's full of, you know, crap, right? You know, yeah. it, it, it's not believable into, yeah. oh, I get it. But now it can be inspiring. How do we walk through these journeys together with more of that attitude of getting through this in a positive light? And mm-hmm. and that was really my message of it, it isn't easy and it isn't perfect and it's going to stink once in a while. Um, and if you let it, it'll stink more than once in a while. So let's not let it. Yeah. Let's change the, let's change the dialogue. Let's rewrite the story. You know, you can, mm-hmm. you know, the ending doesn't always have to be bad. Exactly. Exactly. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Just, you know, what are you, what are you envisioning at the end of this? And, and maybe you've got several visions. I know for me, walking through renal failure, I, I was very realistic, but optimistic. Um, I think we're very kindred spirits in that way. Like I'm going to make the best of this. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how people will observe 
what your reaction is to things. And people are always watching whether you realize it or not. And to have these um, paradigm shifts for you to get out of those stinky moments, right? The moments where you're crying and why me? I mean, we all go through that, but then you don't park there. You don't stay there and you use these tools. You use this strength and this resilience and you have your mantras and your, your Wonder Woman and you've got your <laughs> motivations and what you want to accomplish and all these things that you did, Cindy, to walk this journey and to come through the other side and be able to share it with other people. I mean, this is, to me, this is just contributing to life and other people and pouring love into them with your testimony and your story. And, and I love, you know, being vulnerable. I, I said it before the break, but her book is raw. It is real. It is not sugar-coated. So when you go buy it, just be prepared to be entertained, to cry, maybe a little shock value at times. <laughs> A little bit, just a little bit. But it, it really is great. And, you know, before we leave, because um, this time has just flown, but you talk about something in the book called an energy terrain. And I, I love that verbiage about how, you know, you can change the terrain of your of your soul inside of you with just the slightest, smallest little interaction. Just very briefly share a little bit about that energy terrain inside of us. Yeah, it's almost like picture people doing a vision board, right? Most people yeah. have heard of that, right? And you pull these amazing pictures or things you want to get, aspire to be, whatever it is, and you put it on this this board. Well, our bodies, our minds really are a vision board and that's our energy terrain. And it's, what do you want that to look like? How do you want to exude that type of energy? You know, is it... Um, the poor me all the time? Is it the positive upbeat? Is it a little bit of both? Is it a little bit of fear? And and altering even just the language can alter our terrain is how how do how we walk through, right? It's it is, and you talked about this early in our in our hour together. It's the I am statements. I am powerful. And there are moments I am not, right? Yeah. But when I say I am not, you know what? I'm right. Mm. I'm right. I'm not. So so it's that terrain that that needs to be shifted from the language as to how we exude that energy. You ever like you, you ever be in a space with somebody and you you, you know you're kind of close and you don't feel good, like you just don't feel good, right? It, it, around that human being. And, yeah. and it's almost like you got to look at that and think, wow, they got such a negative energy terrain, right? Like they, they, they got to remap, pull out the map and, you know, re redraw the borders of, you know, where, where, where the good and the evil are on that map. Yeah. Because it really does make a difference. And then there are those people you just want to be around all the time, right? Like they exude this, this positivity. And again, not that we're always positive, but they exude that. And like, you're one of those people, Janet, right? The minute we jumped on this phone call, it was like, you just feel good talking to you. And, oh, and, and you. well, it's true. And, and, and then we're drawn, right? To people like that. Like you, whether you know it or not, you've got a great energy terrain about you and we can always improve that. So, so think about your body as a, as that vision board. And what does it look like? Yeah. What does it look like? And are you happy with the contents? Yeah, I think that is such a great reflective question for every one of us to think about and, and this whole vision of this energy terrain and do you like the energy that's coming out of your spirit and you have the power to change that. We do. Um, 
Yeah. Do. And it's it's not easy, but you can do it. And I, and I, I love how you describe it in the book that it doesn't have to be some life-altering experience that can slowly change this energy terrain. It can be one choice that you make to do something slightly different in a moment. Maybe you don't make eye contact with people usually, and today you decide to look up and make eye contact with someone, right? It can be that small, but yet that powerful. You know, it's interesting. You see on social media all the time, right? When somebody does something, you know, there's always that that one day of the year, right, where you're at a drive-through and the person in front of you actually pays for your meal or your drink, and then now all of a sudden you do that for somebody else, right? Yeah. And it becomes this train of of good deeds. Or, you know, it's the one time somebody actually opens the door for you walking through the store and how you feel or lets you in through traffic, which nobody seems to want to do anymore. We're all in a hurry to cut everybody off. But like, you know what? Today, when you drive somewhere. Let somebody go in. Yes. Don't allow them to cut you off. Back off. Let them in and see how that feels versus how does it feel when they cut you off and, you know, you're, you know, saying nasty things, right, you know, behind the windshield. So (laughs) make make those efforts to just stop for a second and do one of those things. Also recognize when it's done for you and see what that feels like. And it feels great, really. Pass it on. I can't believe you used the example of traffic. Jim and I, my husband, we talk about it all the time. It's like, just let them in. Like, just hang back because you're not going to get there any faster by getting ahead of one car. And it does make you feel better. And it keeps your blood pressure at a normal (laughs) level. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's it, it's crazy how upset we get over some of these small things and how good we feel when we let them go, and it's yes. it's it's it can change the whole outlook of your day. And you know, I always laugh when when I and listen, I get upset about things, right? I mean, it's human nature, and I get upset, and then I realize, you know what? Who is this affecting? It's actually affecting me. It's not affecting the guy that cut me off. He was happy to do it, or she was happy to do it, which is why she did it. She's not in the car, you know, throwing her hands up and screaming and yelling, and you know, and and, and then taking it out on the next next person they talk to. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Again, this shouldn't affect my energy terrain. It's not worth it. Right. Like, okay. They cut me off. They they must have an emergency. They don't, they don't, but you know, you rationalize it that way and you let it go. I love it. We have to assume positive intent of other people. And that gets harder and harder every day. You know, what's coming, what's coming to my mind, I think it was Henry Ford that said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. You know, one of the things, it's it's interesting, I have three children, and from the moment we could, you know, communicate via English and not throwing, you know, peas at each other, (laughs) which is how how communication starts, I think, um, (laughs) there, there was an interesting choice of language that used to upset me that I changed for them. And it was any time you'd ask them to do something or you'd have a discussion and they would say, I can't. And I would say, you can and you will. Or... You can't say that you choose not to. So when somebody says to me, I can't do that, my answer is no, you've chosen not to. And that still might be okay that you've chosen not to, but that word can't is so detrimental because at the Mm. end of the day, we really can. We may have to shift, do it differently, rethink, engage Mm -hmm. help, but we can and we will. And, and, Mm. you know, just like the walk through cancer, I did. So, you know, Mm. I could. And if I said I couldn't, then the outcome probably would have been less optimal. Oh, yeah. We talked about it. You and I just attitude is a big part of the battle. 
Right. It is a big part of the battle. And, 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 you know, you mentioned it earlier that it doesn't matter what that battle is, whether that is cancer or organ failure or a new job or moving to a new city, a relationship. I mean, there's so many things that we're walking through that can seem daunting and they are, but we can and we will if we choose to. And I think that that is, uh, those are powerful, powerful words. Like I choose to do this. You know, I'm, I'm happy to go to the grocery store. I, I choose to get up and go to work. I, I can deal with that patient. You know, it's, it's, it comes back to what we talked about earlier, just that language and, and what are we feeding our brains and how are we wiring ourselves to think in any given moment? And I, I will say the way that you think, your honesty, your vulnerability, your motivation, it is just incredible. It has been amazing to have you on the show. I cannot thank you enough. I know that all the listeners have loved everything you've said. I want to uh, I want to share a quote with our listeners before I let you tell them how they can find you. So here is a wonderful quote to end on. What will tomorrow bring? It doesn't matter in one sense because I will see the beauty in it and share that with those I love. My amazing, fantastic, wonderful journey is truly underway and it will be nothing short of exactly what I choose to make it. Does that sound familiar, Dr. Cindy? That is your quote. <laughs> it's It sounds familiar, and it's something I work at every day to live by. I love it. Will you please tell people where they can find you, where they can get your book before we say goodbye? I would love to. So uh, the book is available on Amazon. It's Positively Altered, Finding Happiness in the Bottom of a Chemo Bag. If you just Google Dr. Cindy Howard or the book title, it'll come up. It's a hardcover, softcover audio. If you want to hear me tell the story, you can do it that way. If you check out drcindyspeaks.com, you can find out a little bit more about me and the journey. You can subscribe to my newsletter. I would love to have you be part of the community. We do not bombard you with 100 emails a day. We're very respectful. Learn a little bit more about my speaking. I would love to be a part of your organization. If you think that um, I would be a huge asset and I would love to show you how I can do that. And even from a practice standpoint, I am outside of Chicago and I even do some telehealth. The office number is 708-479-0020 if I can be of any service to anybody. And really, Jan, you you are fabulous. And I want to just let you know that truly this has been a gift for me. So thank you for sharing um, your time and your audience. And I'm very appreciative. Thank you. Uh Well, it is my pleasure. I am so appreciative of you. And I know that all the listeners are going to go after hearing you and enjoy this good, good life where we can all love living and live loving. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you or be with you next time. Have a great one. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. We hope today was meaningful for your personal journey. We'll be back next week. Until then, continue to love living and live loving.